Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insight, another outtake episode from Hobby Hotline for March the 12th. It moves around the conversation because it's not premeditated. It's whatever comes up, whatever happened that week in the news or whatever happened in the lives of some of the people that are hosts or the callers, chatters, commenters. So always appreciate that, the spontaneity. Uh, thanks, Chris Harris and Brad Bethune, my uh, co-hosts. And this was about the problem of printing and collating and all that and paper shortages, the product delays. Uh, a lot of angst about that, and I, I don't blame anybody, but it's just what it is right now. So bear with this uh, period. It's going to get better. So thanks, everybody, and thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huxley Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Rating, Beckett Authentication. So thanks, everybody. Here it is. Tops has been pushing back product and pushing back product, and they're still got about 13 releases, according to, to what Top says, of 2021 product that still needs to be released. Welcome to 2022 baseball. Do we really need 2021 big league? According to them, they say yes. We are going to get eventually. This is turning out to be like the Duke Nukem forever of baseball cards. It's going to be 15 years from now before it ever gets released. There's two problems. One is the, the card companies, I really have sympathy for them because I think they're all facing this paper shortage or difficulties in getting paper. So all the, the sets are planned, they're specced out, all the art is done, the graphics, all they've got to do, the printer just needs to get the paper, turn the crank and chop them and collate them and, and distribute them. Okay, so they're already getting really pushed back. And again, I had a long conversation with a high-level Panini guy, and he said, we just can't get the paper. Okay, so here's the problem, is that once the set is specced out and pro forma and the Players Association, the leagues know about all this stuff, if you have serial-numbered cards in there, then you have to have a certain production quantity in order to make the ratios or the pack odds make sense. If you chopped your production run in half, if paper was that expensive or that short, then all the production, all the pack odds would be better. If you had half as many base cards, then the serial numbered cards would be twice as plentiful as you might expect from the back of the... But the that thing leaves, is, that makes havoc too. At least with tops anyway. If you look at the back of the pack wrapper odds and compare it to previous years, tops is increasing production on... They're yeah. sets. Series one is up 25% from last year, which was up 25% from 2020. Opening day is almost double what it was last year. I, I know, Chris. That's part of the problem. No, but I'm saying these laggard sets, they're sitting there waiting to go. And Tops usually tries to print to demand and all that stuff. But, but the demand could be very different if it's an on-time delivery of a set as opposed to six months past it's due date. It's expired. It's it's last year's set. And so if that's the case, do they shrink the quantity that, that they're going to uh, spec out? Or do they let her rip, assuming it's going to be business as usual? I think that's a dilemma. Yeah, and if you think about it, you've got, let's pack odds, forget pack odds. Say you short print the set. Okay, even though it is 2021 product, there's a more likelihood of get larger, hit, whatever you want to call it. And then we'll just say an insert then doesn't that make it more likely that you as maybe a collector would want that card because there are costs involved. You got to pay people, you got to pay for for the design, you've already put time time and money into it. Then just raise the price. Basically, if you chop the production quantity in half and you double the price on a pro forma basis, it's all's well, but it wreaks havoc with 
the understanding of the product and it's a bad precedent and it messes things up. Economists like to have order. This is very disruptive that the pack odds, if they would not be accurate and if they'd be way better than what is suggested, either the primary market or the aftermarket will figure that out. I think it's pretty telling that the products that are being delayed are not the, I don't want to use flagship products, but they're not the staple products. They're low margin products like Big League. Fringe. They're kind of one-off products like the 70th anniversary Chrome set that was supposed to be out last summer and still isn't out. I think a 700-card all-chrome set with all 70 different designs. Panini Prism draft pick baseball still isn't out. But again, it's a lot of these low-margin products that are being delayed. They're flagship products like flagship, opening day, heritage. They're coming out on time. It's the low-interest, low, non-staple products that are being delayed. Here's one more thought. When we're talking about baseball, we're talking about tops, because a lot of your examples, Chris, were, yeah. were that. But the fact that the strike, whatever, that the players and the owners have gotten back together bodes well. Because otherwise, if there was a protracted strike and the paper shortages, I don't know that the leagues and the players would cut tops any if they're not playing because they're really expecting to get full royalties and all that. But now that they they're don't, back, They don't cut the TV companies any slack. I don't, I don't, they get paid whether they play baseball or not. And same right. thing with tops. Why be in a hurry to pay extra for press time or pay over for what paper's worth in order to get a fringe product out there for a sport that is not playing. Now, now they're going to be playing. They're going to play 162 games. Hopefully, all the stuff we're talking about resolves that baseball can be a, a happy family again and Tops can jump back in. Well, the, the players well, love having those royalties from the card companies. Let's flip to, to Panini, where they said, okay, we know we're going to be late. Why not push it way out and have prism football three days before the draft. Because if you look at the draft class, it's uninspiring because we just got back from the combine and all of a sudden everybody starts trading quarterbacks. So the teams aren't very high on the quarterbacks. We know that the player, the product prism is, is quarterback driven. We've got prism football due out three days before the draft. So you get that push of draft excitement and then you go back and, and well the draft class isn't that great so you've got Lawrence Wilson Fields you got Chase you got Mac Jones you've got Parsons you got Kyle Pitts you've got guys that are marketable from last year I thought it was a pretty smart move to, to do that you're going to be late go ahead and push it except the set's already made up you know it's, it's already constructed and they talk about 11 12 14 month window I think it can be less than that, but it's hard to make changes. This is not that it's not all digital graphical design, but it's their ripple effects. When you're Rich and I did episodes about 81 Donruss, 81 Fleer, when they, those new companies that hadn't done cards before, according to the circumstances, were scrambling with a, a lesser time frame. That's when you make a bunch of mistakes. And the hobby is not a hobby of mistakes anymore. People are not looking for, a bunch of errors. They're looking for their glamour cards, and uh, they w want to get some expensive hits. Yeah, and, and, it, and it also seems to me that Panini is played because of this paper shortage and printing shortage. 
kind of prioritized basketball more than football or any of the other sports, especially baseball, since now they're pretty much a lame duck. I just saw optic baseball. So there's still optic baseball out there. Still mosaic baseball out there. Chris's point, you know, again, in the economics of it, if they were, let's say that a certain product for Panini is a thousand cases, it's probably better for them to do one 2000 case product than two different 1000 case products. And so I think what Chris is saying indirectly, I think, is that these companies are prioritizing toward the guaranteed better sellers, bigger sellers, and they'll catch up with these fringe brands when they get a chance. And it seems to me that basketball cards have driven the hobby over the last two years, year and a half more than football. Yeah. So back to the fringe, you release baseball, the all-star game, or you just trickle it out and let it fly. Brad, our dilemma when we were doing the price guides back when I was active, we had this dilemma of how late is too late for something to be still considered a rookie card. If you put it out two years later and you claim that it's a, a card from a couple of years before so it can be the rookie card, that doesn't seem fair. But my sympathy with the card companies that most of these sets we're talking about that have not been released, they have been constructed. Like you're saying about any kind of football or basketball release, if they wait until three days before the draft, what if they wait till the day after the draft and then put in, if, if there's after the fact kinds of things, then it's like the Wander Franco thing. You've got this ambiguity as to what is the real rookie card based on the nominal year of issue, which is not the year when it was issued necessarily. It could be, I don't like it if people are able to play games with it. It's tragic. It's not a manufactured, pardon the pun, made up excuse. There yeah. really is a paper shortage of the type of paper that, that they need. Is anybody going to buy a product that doesn't have a Wander Franco rookie card in it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Unless they go back and put one in, but now it's a 2021 product released in 2022. Is anybody going to take that? My, my solution for big league is they should just rename it Opening Day and make that Opening Day. Let's talk about. But let's, that, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I understand. That was a discussion they may have had six months ago. I just think they're in process. They've either got to pull the plug or they've got to go forward when they have that opportunity. But yeah. I, I think but your ideas your are losses. not bad. They're good. But I just think they've surely have considered all those things. But it's dragging on and it's getting worse. And now the baseball is playing. There's going to be some demand now. You've got the second year rookies. They're getting another off, another full spring training. They're getting another set of innings to improve. All of a sudden, a player pops. Casey Mize pops. Then you release your product. Then you go after the Casey Mize rookie cards because they are rookie cards. And instead of going back for twenty twenty one, you've got product sitting on the shelf. They're going to go for it. If anybody thinks it's a rookie card, they're going to chase it. Now, to Chris's point. They may not pay quite as much, but if somebody can call something a rookie card, regardless of when or where it was produced, there's going to be some market for it, and it'll fall into the order of desirability, but it's not going to be trash. It just might be valued a little bit less. Now, Rich is putting Rich has a question. We are waiting. Yeah, we're stopped to LCS, reserved by two twenty-two. Heritage boxes last night. The owner mentioned he has to worry about three stores. He had 20 SKUs coming this last week. 
Is that too much for any week? That's interesting. 20 boxes of hair. He's talking about 20 different hobby products. Yeah. 20 different kinds of, of brands and things. That is too many. Yeah. That's only a thousand in a year. And to be fair, some of them may be different configurations of Could the same. Could be, but it's still, it's too many. For example, I was at my card shop yesterday, and Topps just released a new Formula One product. Mm -hmm. And there's two different configurations of it. The boxes look exactly the same. They're not guaranteed autographs in one, but you have a shot of an autograph in the other. Same product, different skew. It's test marketing, maybe. 20 pr different products in one week? And then they complain that we can't get products out to the hobby on time? Really? Maybe we don't well, need that, this many products. Yeah, but uh, maybe that was one shipment from a distributor. Uh, you yeah. Know, but it, it's too many. Uh, you know, if you're trying to do cash flow, I used to have a card shop. Cash flow can be tricky when you got you've all those products coming in. Unless they're all going out the door that same week, there may be some credit card balances there. Then as a consumer, you've got analysis paralysis. Yeah. You I'll know? take wow. one of each. I don't think people can do that anymore. What's yeah. new? Okay, I'll take whatever's new. Can't do it. Yeah, Seriously. 20 of them up here. Yeah. Which one do you want? Never mind. Or they go, they, I want that one. No, I want that one. It's a huge dilemma for it. And then again, the cash flow is, is 100% true. The man!